and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast where we can get stains out of anything. I'm Ryan. And I'm Emily. What's that smell? Uh, it's like dead bodies and feet. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hi. Hi, everyone. This is our second episode of the day. Yeah, we're doing doubles now. Two a days. I feel like I'm in football. Um, this is probably gonna air before Roanoke where I explain why we're doing this, but... Um, yeah, we're doing two a days because I'm going back to school and I'm gonna be hella busy, so we're We want to make sure that you guys have top-notch content when we promise it because we took that accidental month-long break uh, after the live show, but... Yeah. Um, today is... Like human combustion, a very, very heavily requested And topic. disgusting. It's disgusting. I don't know what, what's wrong with you guys. So since you asked... Tell I've... me about Brain Bits. Brain Bits. Brain Bits. New from Kellogg's. Ew. Yeah, it's gross. So we're going to be talking about crime scene cleanup. Not crime scenes and how they're made, but just how you clean them up after. Yes. Uh, not crime scene investigation. So welcome to CSC Portland. So for all you people who just murdered your mom you should listen to this and listen closely um yeah i found out that my coworker works in the death industry like she worked in her mom is a funeral director she's married to a funeral director she knows crime scene cleanup guys and i found this out today so Too late and her last day is tomorrow i did not have enough time to properly quiz her um so what emily is saying is that we have no actual expertise on this episode. i was actually gonna email some people like i looked up actual crime scene cleanup places in portland and i was gonna email some people but i got embarrassed oh don't be embarrassed because i like i was reading yelp reviews and everyone was just like yeah they got it and they got the job done i had a hard time and like i don't think they would have appreciated like me asking about degloving yeah <laughs> so um yeah but if i find anything else from melissa in the, the next day yeah Twitter. um she's great so crime scene cleanup uh cts decon is actually what it's referred to crime and trauma scene decontamination oh yes uh crime scene cleanup is just kind of like a general, general what we call it a layman's term yes, as it's you a know. layman's term but it's crime scene and trauma scene deca- decontamination um cleaning up dangerous material this could mean the biologically contaminated scene of violent death from homicide suicide or accidental an unattended death, hoarding, and the chemically contaminated scene of a meth lab or an anthrax exposure site. Oh, so it's not just damn. where people died. Yeah, they also clean up meth labs Dang. or hoarding. Where this like, sounds like the worst job in the world. Um, yes. Uh, crime scene cleaners come in and restore the scene to its pre-incident state, also known in the business as remediation. It's <laughs> <That's> a <the> polite <laughs> word for it. Yeah. Um, so they don't just deal with deaths. They also deal with you know meth and also hoarding situations like... If someone had like a thousand cats and they just oh. peed everywhere and like there's cat corpses and yeah that's yeah. disgusting and anthrax so you know we're yeah safe. um so I kind of took some of the questions that I had and kind of outlined it like that the first one is is it regulated by the government and what kind of experience do you need <laughs> uh, it's a privatized industry okay so not a government job um, which is weird because you'd think that that would be like yeah like yeah mm. um i mean it is until you consider that a lot of these businesses started in like the 90s as offshoots of normal cleaning companies because the need was arising 
Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism and rise of murder rates. Well, like, I guess it's one of those things that no one really thought about until shows like Forensic Files and stuff started coming out. So what were they doing before that? Were they just, like, getting some Windex and wiping shit I mean, down? I guess the families were kind of taking care of it, or they did have some people that were doing it, but it didn't become, like, a, real a common competitive industry until people started to realize that, I mean, this was a need that needed, needed to filled. be filled. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that being said, all companies have to follow OSHA, um, okay, which yeah. is Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which was founded by uh, Nixon, I found out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Um, but they have to follow OSHA standards in terms of disposing of hazardous materials, so like meth and uh, that stuff, but also any fluids or matter that comes from a human is considered a possible contaminant. Mm-hmm. So blood, fecal matter, brain tissue... Bits. De- decomposed bits any of your juicy bits yeah pretty much anything on a human anything on a human yeah although we did talk about in our like uh funeral science oh yeah mortuary science that's the term we did talk about how a dead body as long as he didn't have an infectious disease isn't dangerous until yeah. it starts to decompose but you have to treat it like it is yes and plus the government has to assume the worst uh, yeah because they don't know yeah exactly so that all has to be dealt with properly like taken to the right place in the right containers mm-hmm. it's like cleaning up hypodermic needles yeah uh, which is also something that these companies provide as a service like they clean up needles like and uh, homeless needles camps and too oh, oh cool yeah there's one in uh virginia i believe that they list homeless camps specifically on their website oh. um so a lot of times people are going to live in that space again and it needs to not give people like cancer or hepatitis c yeah because it wasn't cleaned properly also something about the health and safety of the cleaner being at stake so like, yeah i mean i mean that makes sense i mean if the you know body has you know hepatitis and the cleaner's got an open wound somewhere yeah they're, they're um, that I'll, shit I'll get into the kind of gear that they use to prevent that in a little bit okay so you also need special knowledge how to sa- safely handle biohazards and to know what to look for at the scene. Like, for instance, if there's, like, a thumbnail-sized blood stain on a carpet, there's a good chance there's, like, a two-foot diameter blood stain underneath the carpet oh. because of the wicking effect. Ooh. I know. And you also have to know, like, gravity is a thing, so if someone shoots himself on the second floor, there's a good chance that there's blood somewhere on the first floor. You gotta look everywhere. Yeah. And These like have got to be like the cleanest people. Well, yeah. Um, and once like a human starts to decompose, like it'll start to seep through the floorboards, and that's how gravity like pulls it mm. down. Um, I believe someone who has worked as a crime scene cleaner said their ideal crime scene to clean would be a basement with cement floors and pure white walls. Oh yeah, so you could see it easily. And there's you can't like cement's non-porous, and it's also yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Or outside, I guess, is yeah. also a really big one because you can just use a power washer. Yeah, that makes sense. The last thing they want is, like, the top floor of a, like, high-rise apartment building. Oh, God. With, like, wood floor, like, old wood floors. And open windows. Ugh. Like, yeah. big windows. Behind a gunshot wound. Like, yeah. red walls. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It also doesn't hurt to have a background in, like, a medical field, for obvious reasons, or construction. Uh, the latter, because usually in the case of meth labs, where that shit like permeates everything, you have to strip out walls and put new stuff in. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the same thing with like a body. If you leave a body to decompose, you have to replace the carpet, the floor underneath oh, yeah, the carpet. Yeah. Carpet I mean, is usually one of the first things to go, unless the yeah. family specifically says that the carpet has to stay, in which case you're going to have to deal with the smell of death. Like, Why would you want to keep a carpet someone died on? I mean, it could be antique carpet or something. 
Someone died on it. Get new carpet. I don't. Sorry, it, antique rules go out the window when someone dies on it. Yeah. I sure. guess if they just like, you know, like have a heart attack and then die on it and someone moves the body 20 minutes later, not so bad. If they like shot themselves or something. You um, take out the fucking carpet. Um, so let's talk about what the, uh, what the job entails. Yes, please. Job description. This is where it gets gross. Love it. I'm so excited. I'm glad I like had a stomachache earlier. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. We're, I'm good now. I'm good. good. Right. Um, all that talk of Roanoke just made me hungry. <laughs> we did talk about cannibalism very briefly. Uh, good steak. Oh. Hold, please. I hear human is vaguely like pork. Really? Not quite chicken, sense. not quite beef. Well, Porky. I think the facial meat is really sweet. Mm. Good to know. Yeah, and babies are like the sweetest because they haven't had time to toughen up. Okay, back to crime scenes. All right. So, uh, job description. Cleaning blood off walls, light fixtures, paintings, and all kinds of items such as trinkets, rings, pictures, keys. Everything. Everything. Everything that was in the room. Ripping out and disposing of bloodstained carpeting, discarding soiled furniture. You can't always salvage the couch. Like it. Oh, man. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Occasionally dealing with a decomposed body, removing the loose remains of the body. So, like, at what point is it the coroner's job to take the body out, and what point is it the... The coroner will take out as much as the coroner can get. Hmm. And then everything else is crime scene cleanup. So, if it's, like, the body that's, like, mostly decomposed and, like, melted into the carpet, it's mostly just going to fall on crime scene. Yes. Uh, They will take as much of the person as they can. Um, But loose remains of the body can refer to, like... Fragments of a skull that were blasted off of someone's noggin into an embed- and embedded themselves so deeply in the wall that you need pliers to get them out. Oh, Ooh, that's some power. Um, and also, when I was talking to my coworker and I said loose skin, she's like, yeah, if you leave them there long enough or they're in water, you can just put your hand right through them. Ew. Yeah, bodies are... Fickle things. Yes. Um, or sometimes if a body is left unattended in the right situation, it will bloat and explode. So Ew. walls dripping with human tissue. That's disgusting, but expected. Um, it is only under certain circumstances. So does it have to get hot? Sometimes. It all depends on like what's going on in your gut when you die, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so right post-hamburger, probably not the best time to die. Or, you know, maybe um, it's yeah. I mean, there's no optimal time to die. I guess there is, but... (laughs) Well, if you're in crime scene cleanup, I'm sure there is an optimal time to die. Bowels empty. Yeah, you poop. You poop. That's also a thing they have to clean up, because the body poops when it dies. It poops. It also pees. I mean, it kind of... It everythings. It everythings. It... I mean, we talked about in Mortuary Science where they have to shove tissues up corpses' asses and Mm. in their vaginas. Yeah. Keep everything in. (laughs) The giants. giants. I like how you censored it, but not very much. <laughs> it's almost worse. So there's also maggots and flies that accumulate for unattended deaths. I could so not do this job. There's also getting the smell out. Air fresheners? And then there's... That's just the, like, violent and unattended deaths. That's nothing to do with, like, meth chemicals and, like, Ugh. hoarding. <sighs> hoarding is a lot of trash. Yeah. And sometimes animal corpses. Mm-hmm. Feces. Faces. Faces. If you're British. Um, so that's kind of like what comes with the job. It sounds disgusting and horrifying. It is. And I don't ever want to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have to have a strong stomach and you also have to be able to like, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, actually, right now. So what kind of person would even do this? Uh, 
yeah, crazy one. Uh, someone who wants to make money, like a lot of money. Did they make a lot of money? A lot of money. Uh, you'd have to. Yeah. Uh, it's starting at 25 bucks an hour. Damn, that's like what I make. Yeah, it can... God, good Lord. Yeah, I make a lot of money. Wow. Um, yeah, but I had to work for it to get to this point when you can start doing crime scene cleanup at 25 Yeah, hour. it's starting and it can uh, cost upwards of thousands of dollars to clean the crime scene because there's so much that goes into it. But homeowner's insurance usually covers it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So if you don't have homeowner's insurance, you're just stuck with like dead body carpets and got to do it yourself. I mean, a lot broke. of, I mean, a lot of companies from what I understood are like really sympathetic about it and like they'll help you figure it out because I mean, Pain obviously you can't and, do this yourself yeah. and you have to like live there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's the same kind of people who become like doctors and nurses and funeral directors and embalmers. Like people that can deal with the gross death is gross, but like someone with a strong stomach and the ability to detach has to do it. Yeah. And like, I've met people who work in the death industry. They're just like normal people, but they can kind of... They can kind of step out. They can put that away. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like... Compartmentalize. Yeah. yeah. It's like people who like cook for a living don't hate food. Yeah. Because they deal with it all day. It's like, you know, your work is your work and then your life is your life and they don't have to cross. Yeah. It's like I, you know, pay bills and stuff all day, but like I still pay my goddamn bills. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Work is work. Yeah. Um, I still couldn't do this. How do they get the jobs? Good question. I actually investigated this one a little bit today. Yeah. What kind of experience do you need? Um, well, basically, I mean, you have to have training and stuff to deal with fire yeah. hazards. Um, you could put an ad on Craigslist. Do they just hire any Joe Schmo off the street? I mean, if you're on a budget... But for legitimate work, it's all about who you know. Like, word of mouth is big. Also, having an in with the police, medical examiners, funeral directors. Mm. Um, my my coworker actually said that she had a friend who was getting into that business. And he went to a funeral home where he knew people and mm. gave them, like, business cards and stuff. And was like, if you give me a referral, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just about who you know that can, yeah. like, direct people. Because... I mean, you can Google it. It's actually very easy to find one online now. Yeah. But but any person that Googles it and tries to apply for it online and stuff is probably kind of a weird person. And, like, you want to make sure people are legit and not well, just like, fucking with well, you. Well, like, you can join a... I assume they have open hiring and stuff. But mm -hmm. if you're looking for one to clean up a mess for you, mm -hmm. like, you can Google it. You can find people. But it feels like that's not something you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. So if you have, like, the funeral director yeah giving with, out your name every time someone brings a loved one in to get buried yeah they're like okay so we're gonna deal with the funeral service and i assume he made a mess mm -hmm. uh here's someone who can clean that up for you and they're very good yeah um same with like police officers and medical examiners because they're mm -hmm. they'll see what the crime scene looks like mm -hmm. and they can make references mm -hmm. so that's kind of how you find jobs that makes sense um this is going to be a fairly short episode, oh, are you honestly. Ready? Uh, I'm going to read some Yelp reviews later, mm. so that might take up some time. But okay. uh, we're going to talk about the kind of tools that they bring yes. on the job. Tell me about tools. Um, some surprisingly boring ones, honestly. Really? Uh, personal protective gear, non-porous, one-time use suits. Gloves. So like hazmat suits? Yeah, basically. Um, respirators. Makes sense. Chemical spill boots. Yeah, I mean, this is all pretty, I think, you know, expected. Yeah. Uh, biohazard waste containers, 55-gallon heavy-duty bags, and sealed hard plastic containers. All right. Yeah. Uh, traditional cleaning supplies, mops, buckets, spray bottles, sponges, 
brushes, your basics. Yeah. Okay. So they don't have to get anything. There's not like a special like human waste vacuum that they bring in and just like uh, entire no. room. Uh, but this is when it starts getting a little bit weirder. Okay. Uh, ozone machines hmm. to remove odors. Makes sense. Okay. Foggers, which thicken cleaning chemicals so it can get all the way into tight places like air ducts um, hmm. used for o- odor removal. Hmm. Smell is a big part of it. Yeah. Because that death smell gets in it. Yeah. And that death smell is disgusting and will stay with you forever. Actually, when I was in high school, um, there was this disgusting smell in one of the older buildings. And they checked everywhere. They checked, like, the couch in, like, the... Um, counseling office to make sure like some hadn't like died in there they clean the carpets they checked lockers and it turns out that a cat had gotten under the building and died under the building under the building oh under God. the building um oh. and that smell had just come up through the floor, the floor itself. and oh it made the God. entire building stink oh yeah and, and they, that's a smell you don't forget no it's it's really weird it's one of those smells where like you can't describe it but if you smell it you're just immediately like oh that's that's death that's death um i was actually reading an interview with a medical examiner or like someone who's doing like a house check on Mm -hmm. someone who hadn't been seen in a while and they're like it's the most depressing thing when like you're checking in on someone that hasn't been around for a while yeah and then you like turn a corner and that smell hits you yeah you know you know you know before you, you know exactly what happened yeah um so yeah it's getting, weird it's almost like instinctive like you never have to have smelled it before but when you yeah. smell it you know what it and is i guess you never get used to that smell Mm-mm. which is i mean it makes sense your body you're you know evolutionary you know wise you're trained to stay far away from death because you know so many diseases can be yeah. carried and yeah naturally we want to avoid it um hmm, that's interesting yeah there was this one time that i was at my friend's house and her family lived out on like a farm type thing and they had this shed and apparently one of the turkeys from the from the turkey yard i guess i don't really know had somehow gotten into the shed and died oh and so we were like out playing and exploring and we opened the door and went in there and just hit with this it's almost like a sickening sweet smell like it's sweet which is like that i never expected yeah it's and it's musty yeah yeah it's it's really hard to describe but like you do not forget that smell no so yeah that's a big part of this they also use hospital grade disinfectants industrial strength deodorizers again the smell yeah enzyme solvent to kill bacteria and viruses and also to liquefy dried blood because hmm. it's okay. easier to like wipe it off than it is to chip it off yeah then you risk sense. damaging the surface that it's on yeah no touch cleaning systems to clean like blood coated surfaces. Um, I mean like by no touch cleaning systems. Heavy duty sprayers, long scrubbing brushes, wet vacs. Okay, good. We're getting to my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, putty knives to scrape up brain matter, which dries into like a cement like consistency. Ew. Yeah, it dries really hard. That's weird. I would think it would like kind of stay gummy, you know, kind of like a like old rubber cement. That's like what I would expect. No, I guess it dries like rock hard. Weird. Yeah. I didn't Google it to look at it. Um, razor blades to cut out portions of the carpet. Yeah. Okay. Shovels. Yeah. Uh, in about two hours, large amounts of blood coagulate into a jelly-like goo that can be shoveled into trash bags. Well, I mean, at least that's easier to clean up than like full-on liquid. I I can very easily picture what that looks like. Yeah. Um, that's what they don't show you on crime scene shows is coagulated blood. And yeah. Now, it's not 
it's yeah it's nothing like it doesn't stay wet for no. a long time no. um actually that can be really helpful in terms of like crime scene investigation uh there was a case the white house farm murders in england in the 80s which is it's my favorite murder <laughs> <laughs> um gotta gotta pull a mention in there yep. um and the, it was a family of how many two boys mom dad sister five, five people and the when the crime scene people got there uh the blood had coagulated around the two boys the mom and the dad but the sister who they think committed the crime um and then shot herself it wasn't coagulated around her so they could kind of tell that she died last oh which, interesting yeah that case is super interesting and like someone was convicted of it um and i don't think he did it oh yeah it was the brother Oh. But I'm I'm like 100 percent sure that it was a murder suicide situation. But huh. that is for another day. Another day. Um. Anyway, so blood turns yeah. into goo. Cool jelly. Uh, trunk mounted steam in- injection machines to melt dried brain matter that cleaners can't remove with putty knives. Ooh, melt. You dried melted brain matter. That is deliciously disgusting. Um, a chemical treatment tank to disinfect and store matter sucked up by the vacuum systems. I mean, that would make sense. You gotta uh, put it somewhere. Carpentry, restoration tools, sledgehammer saws, spackle, paintbrushes, putty knives. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, all that. Pliers to pull brain fragments out, uh, mm. skull fragments out uh. of the drywall because they're, they're small, they're sharp, mm. and if you're doing a shotgun blast to the head, yeah. they are projected very yeah. deeply. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be easier to just cut out the whole chunk of drywall? I wouldn't want to risk leaving one in there. Hmm. I mean, it depends on how much it's, if it's like peppered in there, then yeah. But if it's like a couple pieces that are just really deep in there. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then epoxy, which they use to coat walls or bare floor to kind of seal in the smell if they can't get it out. Oh, gross. You just hide it under a layer of goo. Yeah. It's basically like putting plastic over it to seal it in. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um, the... AMA that I read with the crime scene cleanup guy said that if if the smell of death is in something that's porous, your options are either to get rid of it or let it air out and just accept that it will always be really musty. Ew. Yeah. By porous, like what kind of materials? Like fabrics, carpets. Mm. Um, it's never coming back out. No, wallpaper. It's never coming out. No, it's always going to smell like that. Ew. And even drywall. Yeah, I would, like, if someone ever died in a room in my house, I would want the walls, the floors, I would rip that entire room out and just put an entirely new room in. There's a movie on Netflix about, I know, it it's somewhat relevant. Uh, it's a movie on Netflix about this guy, I haven't finished it yet, uh, <laughs> but he buys houses where horrific crimes have taken place and mm-hmm. removes the crime scene like the room it happened in so he can build a house of ghosts oh like this a, sounds like a really fucked up version of 13 ghosts sort of but he was just taking the ghosts but this is taking the whole room oh i know i need to finish it um it's it's actually by the same director who wrote repo the genetic opera hmm which is really good Not um, either. yeah i need to finish it but the concept is weird because <laughs> This is dumb. My mom had this dollhouse. Mm. Um, 
and you just bought the individual rooms and like I've, stacked yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard and of these. And that's what yeah. it made me think of. I'm like, well, that's, that's yeah, that's what I was up. picturing too. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, maybe. I haven't got to the part of the movie where they show the house, but I read the Wikipedia article. And does he like keep them, you know, looking like original, or does he, you know, refab them to make them all cohesive? I don't know yet. I don't know what his game is. I just got to the part of the movie where she came to her sister's house where her sister died and the room was gone. Just the room. Just the one room. But like not even like an up situation where it's just lifted. Yeah. Just the inside. Like there was still oh. the outside of the like house walls. and like just, the walls. Just not like the interior yeah. bits. Like the weird. wallpaper and stuff was gone. That's really weird. It is weird. Um, Cause wouldn't well, the spirit be tied to the house and not necessarily just the room it died in? Just the know. pieces of the wall? If like, you get all of the stuff. I guess. Because like... But I feel like it's more like the house, like the cohesive unit, you know? Because, like, I've, if a person dies upstairs in a bedroom, it can still haunt you in the kitchen. I mean... I mean, they don't just haunt the one room they died in. See, that's that's the interesting part, because uh, when we were shooting in that house, for it the, was only the film, it was only that one room where that girl not overdosed. Not necessarily, because remember, there was that thing that, like, on the stair and top of the staircase, yeah, that's but, not in the room. But they had multiple spirits in there oh. there were many people that have died in that house and like i didn't get that creepy feeling from any other room it was just that room where she died and that's where um Sean i don't know i got a weird feeling from the bathroom but it's a little different that was probably just because it was a creepy bathroom uh yeah uh nice bathtub though clawfoot yeah. clawfoot tub beautiful clawfoot tub yeah rest yeah. of the bathroom somehow weirdly i think it must have just been that i had one of those like toilets you flush with the string from the ceiling type of situations yeah yeah that, that was weird i think it might have just been that, that i didn't weird. know how to use the toilet um but yeah i think it can be the room sometimes yeah interesting okay well, it's like certain hotel rooms i well okay so i used to work at a haunted hotel Ooh. Actually, almost none of the instances of haunting were ever in the rooms. Really? They were always in the hallways. Oh. They were stuck to the hotel hallways and not the hotel stuff. But I think maybe that's because the hotel was renovated since any of the deaths in the hotel. And so when we ripped out the wallpaper and the carpets and everything, they were displaced. Maybe they moved into the hallways where it's more restored and original. Um, I don't know if you've been following the Dear David story on Twitter. No. It is a masterpiece in its own right. It is this comic book artist who was having uh, like sleep paralysis issues, and mm. he saw this little boy sitting in a chair in his room, um, and he didn't say anything. And then he had a different dream where a girl was like talking to him and told him that this ghost was of David, and you can ask him three questions, but no more than that. Or two questions, not three. And then he had another dream with that little boy where he asked him three questions. And um, he would have weird dreams. Like, he would felt weird. And then he moved upstairs in the same in the same building. Mm-hmm. And he went, like, months without anything. And he's like, I think maybe since I moved, like, he lost track of me. But now, like, there's weird shit going in the hallway. Like, every night at midnight, his cats will, like, stare at the door. And, mm. like... He took Polaroid pictures, um, and like just the hall was like completely black. It's weird. really weird. Yeah, uh, highly recommend. Ooh, um, I like getting goosebumps. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so we took a huge detour on that. Yeah, we did. But um, still, all fascinating. Anyone who's interested in crime scene cleanup is probably also interested in this kind of shit. So. Uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, they've got to have some like weird feelings about a room and stuff because like it's super. 
Even where someone dies. I mean, it's got a feel to it. You hang out in dead person rooms Even if you don't believe in, like, intelligent hauntings, there's still a lot of emotion. Like, if there was a violent death in a room, like, clearly. Yeah. And that was, you know, until the cops or the crime scene cleaners go in there, that was the last thing that happened in that room. That was the last experience. That room has had nothing but negativity in it until that, like, up... Yeah, until they clean it. And, like, there's actual parts of the person in the room. Not Um, attached to the person. So, so with uh, this this guy that did the AMA, people asked if he's ever found anything that, like, crime scene investigators have missed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Not often, but I guess he found uh, the murder weapon, like a different murder weapon in the room that they had just completely overlooked. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did he say what the murder weapon was? It was a knife that was stabbed into a couch cushion. How do you miss that? You know, I don't know. I have many questions. I didn't see the actual murder itself. Um, I actually have a couple quotes from him. Ooh, yes, please. That I got. It's a really good AMA. So he said the grossest thing that he's ever seen. Uh, The grossest thing, per se, would have to be the unintended death, natural causes, in a small trailer, and the victim wasn't found for over two months. Oh. Uh, I swear it was a nightmare in that place. Dark, no power, about 15,000 flies and maggots everywhere, flesh dripping from the walls and the ceiling. Also, he was a hoarder. Oh, God. You just burn the whole trailer at that point. I know. I guess. You put it on a truck, you drive it out, you burn well, it. I guess the cost of cleaning it was about a third of the cost of the trailer itself. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, his family seemed to want to, I don't know. Maintain it? Yeah. Ugh. Um. And then another quote, I had to clean up after a gruesome triple murder last year. A woman who ran a daycare was murdered in her home along with her parents, all execution style. Oh. It wasn't that the scene itself was bad, but the fact that it was clear what happened, especially in a home run daycare when oh. children were present. Children were there when the murders happened? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, blood on the children's toys. The fact that w- the woman was re- well respected in her community and her parents were disabled. Just depressing all around. Oh, yeah, that is depressing. Oh, God. Yeah. I could not. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um. So I'm going to try to read some Yelp reviews from... <laughs> the people that leave Yelp reviews okay. on crime scenes. So here's up. the deal. Um. First of all, my phone sometimes causes like weird feedback with the mics. So um, if there's anything going on, I'm sorry. And my original plan was to get some... Um, testimonials from websites of crime scene cleaners i had found but they were all very polite yeah and they didn't describe anything gross which is (laughs) why i didn't email any crime scene cleanup guys you didn't want to be that person i didn't want to be that person yeah um let's see i'm gonna start with a positive one and then i'm gonna read a rude one because you know yeah um uh crawl space rats oh yeah they also clean up like if a nest of rats dies under your house hmm. so i mean technically i guess the person that cleaned up after that cat in my school might have probably was like trauma cleaning yes ordinary people biohazard stuff i swear to god i saw one where he like described hoarding and a death and rat infested man i mean this seems like a pretty reputable uh crime scene crime scene cleanup what's it called are we gonna give them some uh is it a good thing that we say what they're called uh crime scene cleaners and they are based in uh california Mm. okay which you know i guess they have a lot of violent crimes there 
I suppose. I guess it depends on what part of California. But yeah, like a lot of their work, um, like if you were one in Portland, uh, you'd clean up a lot of meth labs. Yeah. But if you were one in Detroit... You clean up a lot of murders. Yes. I got really close to the mic when I said Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Uh, skunk in the crawl space. Ew. Quarter. Here we go. Okay. This is a review for Crime Scene Cleaners from Orinda, California. Okay. Five stars. Good. My aunt was a hoarder who refused all help. When we discovered her body, it had been there for days amidst four years of bags of her waste, trash, and other filth. Unfortunately, she also had family heirlooms, so we couldn't simply throw everything out. Mm. I picked through the items in the five days with the help of Jim, whose careful eye and professionalism was invaluable. It was sorrowful, nasty work. I couldn't have done it without their help. They saved my family much physical and emotional duress, and we are ever grateful. Aww. I guess it would be kind of a rewarding job, you know? Like, these people are probably in one of the worst times of their life, and you being able to come in and help them with something that would traumatize someone for life if they had to do it without you. Yeah. I mean, that that has to be at least in some small part rewarding. Oh, this is like eight paragraphs. Like, Lee B did not have a good time trying to get those dead animals out of his apartment building. So, Lee can suck a dick. (laughs) Let's read this one from Davida A. Davida. Uh, One star. Oh. This douchebag doesn't even deserve one star. Please, please, please watch this video on YouTube before you decide to hire him. He has no respect for his work and it's utterly disgusting. Please hire a professional to do the job. And then there was a YouTube link. I haven't watched the YouTube video. I'm curious now, though. Like, All what right. is so bad? All right. We're going to. We're going to do this. We're live I YouTubing. Can't, I can't copy paste on, oh. on the. I'm not typing that in. Davida oh. is. No. Nope. Not doing it. Not doing it. Um, <laughs> That was a fun segment. Uh, the last question on my list is, why the fuck did you people ask for this? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't have an answer for that. That's on you guys. So, all right. So, if you can explain why you wanted to hear about this, please contact us on Twitter at Afternoonified. Uh, Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified. www.getafternoonified.com where you can also listen to past episodes donate find us on itunes stitcher soundcloud rate review um all sorts yeah. of good things yeah all yeah. of that good stuff like us on cool. facebook yeah um anything so, just get in contact with us we're cool you know we're hip we're with it yeah be our best <laughs> friends you know and you can always even just you know ask me you know how was your day yeah i would like that <laughs> and then i'll ask you how your day was and we'll be best friends forever it'll be polite yes um Yes, so we will see you next later. time. Bye. This episode of Afternoonified was brought to you by Audible.com. Are you interested in over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or other MP3 player? Maybe you want to try a new book but don't have the time to read it. I know I don't have a lot of time, mostly because I spend it sitting here recording ads for this stupid podcast. Anyway, if you're interested, go to audibletrial.com slash afternoonified to get your month free trial along with credit for a free audiobook of your choice. That is audibletrial.com slash afternoonified for one month of free membership plus a credit for an audiobook of your choice. Have fun! Thank you.
Hey, you sexy monsters. This is Joanne Schinderly reminding you to control yourself every Sunday, 9 p.m. at Alberta Street Pub. But if you can't make it, you can listen to our live recordings here on the River City Podcast Federation. You guys, so much great comedy happens on the stage. People like Guy Branham, Baron Vaughn, Sarah Schaefer, Sean Jordan, local favorites like Caitlin Warehouser and Adam Posse, hosted by me, Joanne Schinderly, with an open mic to follow. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you. Bye.